0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Mayflower Congregational Church on this bright and beautiful Sunday morning. For those of you joining via live stream, we miss you, but we're so happy that you're with us virtually. And for those of you here in the sanctuary, if you would find that friendship register, please, if you're on the aisle, sign that and pass it along down the pew. We would really appreciate that. And... If you have not seen our new prayer cards, those are also in the pew rack in front of you. So if you have a praise or a request this morning you'd like prayed for here in the service or something that you would like to put on our weekly prayer list, please fill out that card and the ushers will collect it during our middle hymn. If you're wondering what I'm talking about when I say prayer list, that is something that is emailed weekly. If you would like to be on that email list, please call the office. There are copies in the back in the narthex. If you want to see what that is, pick one up and pray for our members and the loved ones of members this week. Thank you so much. Additionally, if you were here this morning and you would just simply like personal prayer after the service, I will be up here after the post to pray with you if you have a need of that nature. So today, we have a very special event happening after the service, and Allison Houlihan is here to tell us all about it.
1: Good morning. My name is Allison Houlihan, and I serve as the Director of Youth Ministries here at Mayflower. As we want Mayflower to be a welcoming place for people of all ages, over the summer a group of us met to determine how we might reinvigorate Fellowship Hall, where our youth spend the most time. We were able to come up with some simple and economical ideas to help improve the space. So first, we changed all the light bulbs to LED light bulbs and made it really bright down there. Rachel gave it a fresh coat of paint. We purchased some new game items like a basketball hoop, a ping pong table, and an inflatable screen and movie projector. But the remaining item on our wish list is a bright and colorful mural to be painted by local artist Joel Tanis. Joel's work can be seen throughout West Michigan at places like Potter's House, Grand Rapids Christian Schools, um, Hope Reformed Church, Camp Geneva. He has illustrated children's books, and he has even illustrated the Kids' Study Bible, which we present to our second graders. The painting of this mural is going to be a collaborative effort between the artist and our Mayflower youth. It's a week-long process And it will become a permanent reminder of the importance of our youth to Mayflower and to our future community. This collaborative mural will truly make Fellowship Hall a work of art. To raise the $4,000 required for this mural, we're hosting our first fundraiser today, a car wash. Following this morning's service, Mayflower's youth and families will be out in the middle parking lot washing cars. Donations... To this effort, can be made by cash, check, or credit through our Ezekiel app. You could also donate without having your car washed. We hope to see you out there, and thank you so much for supporting our Mayflower youth.
0: Thank you so much, Allison. And did you catch that? You can still make a donation, and you don't have to have your car washed. <laughs> Little keynote. Uh, Rachel Cooley is now going to come and share with us a special outreach announcement.
2: Next Sunday, we as a community will kick off one of the biggest outreach projects Mayflower has been a part of. We as a church family had the opportunity to sponsor orphans within Eden Children's Village in Zimbabwe, Africa. A sponsorship from each of us changes the entire lives of children on the other side of the world. This ministry is not new to Mayflower. Throughout the month, you will hear from some of our members of their involvement with Eden through the years and be inspired. Our goal is to sponsor 50 children in the month of October. When you come next week, you will see their shining faces and read about them in the atrium. Um, The information will be hanging throughout. Come ready next Sunday to change the life of a child forever.
3: I wanted to take this opportunity to um, highlight one of the announcements in your bulletin I think it's page five you have a mini version of this it is a flyer that Courtney created for our Mondays at Mayflower um, after I would say I guess it's two years uh, we're finally offering a live concerts, in-person programming in the atrium. Um, The atrium was used throughout the months that we were closed to create videos. And in fact, we have a new piano in there that arrived uh, just over a year ago. And so our first in-person concert is a week from tomorrow, October 4th, uh, to uh, my former teacher and myself will be playing harpsichord and then the first Monday in November we will officially dedicate the Bosendorfer piano that's in there with chamber music with the faculty members from GVSU. So um, just encouraging you to come. I have some extra flyers if you have a place to put them up around town. Um, it's just a wonderful outreach and a great way to be inspired by beautiful music and about today's music uh, we have the choir singing two anthems one is a setting of psalm 23 uh, one of my favorite settings actually it's written in such a um, it paints the text so beautifully so you will hear the different things that uh, matthews does with the music whether he's talking about yay though i walk through the shadow of the valley of death and that as opposed to the Lord is my shepherd, which is more pastoral, um, and that will be sung as a response to today's baptism and during the offertory, I hope you'll keep your bulletins handy because you'll get an opportunity to sing with the choir um, it's a tune that you recognize, and when we get to the last verse, the words are printed here in the second page of our Um, of today's uh, order of worship, and I look forward to having the whole room lifting our voices.
0: And now our call to worship from Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is good. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Let us pray. Holy One, as we just sang, tune our hearts to sing your grace. When we are prone to wander, bind our hearts to you. As a community of disciples, lead us today to realize the vision of the first century church in our own context. Help us to be bound to you and bound to one another. We love you and we praise you. Amen.
4: This morning, we are so pleased to welcome a young life into the church through the sacrament of baptism. Nicholas Kelvin Osorio. Children, what an immense joy and a great responsibility. And the church shares in that joy and responsibility committing itself to care and love for the little ones that God brings to them. And Kelvin and Amanda Osorio demonstrate their faith in Jesus Christ today as they present Nicholas, eight months old, to the Lord in this service. What we do today is to commit parents, friends, and church to this little one who is so precious in God's sight as he begins his sojourn on this earth. We pledge that we will do all we can by the grace of God to nurture and to love. We're absolutely convinced that Jesus loves Nicholas Osorio eternally and powerfully. And we celebrate that. And Kelvin and Amanda, as parents, you make a great statement today to accept the responsibility to nurture the faith of your son. So I ask you, Kelvin and Amanda Osorio, as followers of Christ, do you now unreservedly present Nicholas to the Lord Jesus Christ? And do you promise in humble reliance upon God's grace to teach him the word of God, to love him, to pray for him and with him, to help him in every way as God gives you opportunity so that he may become a follower of Jesus? In congregation, you share in this and you have words to share on the top of the second page of the order of service. And let us share in that now. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you into Christ church. For we are all one in Christ. We promise to love, encourage, and support you. To share the good news of the gospel with you. And to help you know. And follow Christ. We ask God to bless the water of baptism. May it be sanctified this day. as God's gift to us through the Holy Spirit. Nicholas Calvin Osorio, as you are held in the strong arms of your parents, so you are held in the everlasting arms of your Father in heaven. And in obedience to Christ, who loved you and gave himself for you, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. So, Nicholas Osorio, as you begin your life's journey, we do not know where it will go, but we know that Jesus will go with you always. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. Amen. And Nicholas and family are going to have a journey up and down the aisle as the choir brings the anthem of the day. And I invite you just to extend your arm of blessing on this young life as we with joy welcome him to the church.
2: I'd like to invite all the children worshiping with us to come forward for the children's message. Good morning. It's so nice to see everyone. So there is a saying that I see, I've seen this saying on t-shirts and I've seen this saying on cards or posters. It says, "Blessed to be a blessing." And I see this saying a lot, but I oftentimes I don't understand it. I don't know what that means. Blessed to be a blessing. But then I found we have a new cookie store in town that they know what it means, blessed to be a blessing. So the other day, I went into the cookie store called Crumbles. Have any of you been to Crumbles yet? I'm sorry, parents. Crumbles sells cookies that are A blessing because they're so big look at this cookie could you imagine well I walked in and I thought this place is awesome so I got a cookie and I took it up to the counter and not only do they serve huge cookies they serve these things And I asked the lady behind the counter, I'm like, what is that? She said, it's a cookie cutter. So if you look underneath, it cuts these giant cookies into four little pieces of cookies. But guess what I get to do with these pieces? I get to share them. So Crumbles Cookies knows what it means, blessed to be a blessing. I get the big cookie, so I'm blessed, but then I get to cut it up into four pieces and share it, which is a blessing. So today at Sunday school, you guys all get to be blessed with pieces of Crumbles Cookies. And remember that as you go about your week. Let's pray together. Lord, we're so thankful for you and for all your blessings and that each one of us are blessed in so many ways. May you show us how we can take those blessings and turn them around to bless others. In Jesus' name, amen. I would like to dismiss all of you who are five years old and kindergarten to stand up. And you're going to go with Mrs. Coster. Downstairs in the youth room to Bible beginnings. And everyone else, you may stand up. Don't forget your Bibles. And you may go with Mrs. Orban downstairs in the youth room for Bible Alive.
5: The Bible reading for this morning is from Acts chapter 2, verses 37 through 47, and this can be found on page 771 in your pew Bible. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and um, to, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. And to prayer, everyone was filled with the awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily to those who were being saved. The word of the Lord.
4: Well, good morning. I imagine many of you have found your way to crumble cookies. Right? Or you soon will. Babies, like Nicholas, you know, soon develop their senses. They learn by smell and touch and taste and hearing and seeing. Now, this is... Week three in our looking into the book of Acts. Why church? Mayflower Acts. We're looking to this story of the infant, the baby church, that's beginning now in the text that Murray just read to begin to see and focus and understand what life may be all about. The church in its infancy, Developing its distinct marks. In the text that Murray read, the church is beginning to see by looking into the word, by looking into itself, by looking up to God, and by looking out to the world. So that's a simple outline. That we look at quickly. In verse 42, describing this new life, it says that the first thing they do is they look into the Word. The way it is said is they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted, they paid attention to all that the apostles taught. Now, today there's no apostles, but the church through the centuries has proclaimed that the apostles' teaching is in the scriptures and the apostles of Jesus' teaching, particularly in the New Testament. And that becomes the first focus of that early, early church. One of the Really wonderful experiences of my life took place a few years ago in 2015 and 16 when for a year and a half I went to Stockholm, Sweden and pastored an international English speaking church there of um, internationals from all over the world. About 400 would gather in central Stockholm each Sunday and uh, it was a marvelous, marvelous 18 months for me, and for Janet. Due to circumstances, for the first six weeks that I was there, I was alone, living in an an apartment right downtown and making my way a block away to to a quite magnificent church each week, but also trying to learn my way around this great European city. And I was able to do that. I was able to find my way because they have a wonderful tubana, or underground system in Stockholm. And everything, every line, blue line, red line, green line, yellow line, it all made its way from a place called T-Centralen, or Central Station Stockholm. And as long as I could find my way back to T-Centralen, I couldn't get lost. I knew I needed to find the green line and the second stop on the green line was Rudmansgotten and my apartment on the corner of Tulagotten and Tegnagatan. So I didn't get lost. And in a way, the scriptures are like that to the Christian. To find our way through this crazy world, this ever-changing world with all its challenges and complexities, it's the scriptures. If we find our way back to the Word and devote ourselves to that teaching, we can't get lost. We find our way in the world. And that was true for that early church. One of the things in my almost three weeks now as your co- interim co-pastor uh, is to discover the abundance of Bible studies in this church. and They seem to be all over every day. All kinds of opportunities to come together and study the Word, focused on the Word. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And then they not only looked into the Word, they looked into themselves and to the fellowship. That devotion, that commitment to, included the koinonia, the fellowship, the coming together the caring for one another in that early church. They realized in the very beginning that this wasn't an independent kind of movement. They were bound to one another in love and care. Will Williman, a Methodist bishop, uh, but for years was chaplain at Duke University, uh, a very uh, insightful man with a bit of a biting tongue, Um, has written, oh, countless books. He was speaking to uh, students at Duke University as they entered their college experience a number of years ago. And, uh, And this is part of what he said. He said, our culture has perverted liberation to mean freedom from the demands of others in order to be free to follow the demands of self. And the sooner that Husbands can be liberated from their wives, and wives can be liberated from their husbands, and parents can be liberated from children, and individuals can be liberated from their community, and we all can be liberated from God so much the better, so our culture says. Why are we here at this university? Well, to get liberated, of course, to stand alone on our own two feet, autonomous, liberated. And when we're finished with you, you won't need your mother or father or husband or wife or children or God or anybody. And we'll call it education. Hmm. Well, that wasn't the nature of that early church. Not only were they bound to one another, it is marked by a deep generosity. So again, in the text in verse 44 and 45, it says all the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to one another, to give to others or anyone who had need. That was it from the beginning. They looked for ways to give, not to get. To share, not to take. To cut that cookie apart and give it to anyone who needed They looked to serve, not to rule. God bless their generous and thankful hearts. And that's been true of Christian mission for 2,000 years. Soon we'll be talking about a stewardship drive, talking about money. It's always touchy, But there it is at the very beginning of the church, sharing what they have with those in need. A church should always be stretched and challenged to give and reach, to have a budget that can't be reached but by the blessing of God and the generosity of His people. In Acts, those early followers reached and stretched and challenged to give and serve. Acts is all about this risk-taking mission. That was the DNA of, Of the church at the beginning. The key was extravagant generosity. Notice words that describe that early church. You don't find mine or keep or ours. That's not part of the culture of the church in Acts. Not heard at Pentecost. It's words like give and share and everyone. And everything, that's the culture of the book of Acts. So they look in to the apostles' teaching. They look into their fellowship in caring love. And they look up to God in worship. They gather together, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers. They come together to worship. It united them. It was marked by joy and thanksgiving and awe. I am in awe of how you do worship here. You do it beautifully. Julia and Scott and Ruth and Rachel and many others. It is magnificent. A church seeks a way to come together and see God look up in worship. And then finally, as they look into the Word, look into themselves, look up in worship, they look out to the world in outreach and evangelism. And it says in that very last phrase, and the Lord was adding daily those who were being saved. It flows out of the life of the church. Reverent worship, the result of that is always to look out to the world in giving itself away. Now, coming very soon in the month of October, we'll be talking a lot about outreach and about the wonderful Eden's ministry in Zimbabwe. That will be front burner stuff for us. Because that kind of thing is part of a church that comes together by the power of the Holy Spirit. So evangelism flows out of the healthy birthmarks of the church. You know, when you see a painter who has painted something that is just magnificent and awe-inspiring, you just... You just want to take it in. But you don't ask, well, what kind of brush did they use? No. Or a writer writes something that you will remember that makes a mark on your life. It's magnificent. You don't ask what kind of typewriter or computer they use. That method misses the point. And in the book of Acts, there's no course in evangelism. There's no class in witnessing. It simply is the overflow of their life. When a church looks into the book and into themselves and up to God in reverence, the gospel is spread. And that very beginning, the church went from 120 to over 3,000 people. And then the Lord was adding daily to that, those who were being saved. So there is truly something awesome about a church that sees right. When people come together around God's book, they get generous. And they start loving and embracing and serving. And they worship and they pray. And their lives start to change. And they say, God did that. The Lord added that. God is at work there. May it be so, as Mayflower acts. Amen.
0: The ushers will be coming forward shortly to receive our offering whether you give online via text or physically here in the church please know that your gifts are an act of worship may we as a church look for ways to give and not get may we be extravagantly generous Holy Lord, use us to bring you glory and honor, and use our offering to further your kingdom now and always. And please bind us together with deep generosity. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for filling out some of the prayer cards and passing them forward through the ushers. We will be... Mentioning those prayers in our congregational prayer. Just a reminder, if you do have a prayer request that you want to come personally forward with after the service, I will be available. We will pray our congregational prayer. There is a song response. So we'll sing that and then together we will all pray the Lord's Prayer. So let's join our hearts together in prayer this morning. Holy God, creator and sustainer of all things, we come before you now with our praise, our joy, and our deepest longings. And we acknowledge that you are God and we are not. We also acknowledge that it's a struggle to be human. This world that we inhabit is full of beauty, yet it is also full of strife and confusion and pain. Lead us and guide us to seek this beauty and to not get bogged down by our daily struggles. Help us to always keep our hearts open to how we can help others who need our encouragement. And as we study your word and we read about this group of early believers, show us how we might emulate their passion, their devotion, their generosity. It can sometimes seem like a fantasy or a pipe dream that all these people lived in true community, meeting each other's needs and the needs of those around them breaking bread together and filling the air with their praise. But God, this is our legacy. As the church of Jesus, this is our DNA, our origin, our birth story. Help us not to lose sight of what is possible when we commit ourselves to following you. Give us a sense of excitement about what is possible. And let us not grow weary when this feels hard. And, Lord, as we seek to follow you in this time, in this space, and in this season, we lift up to you the praises and petitions of our congregation. Lord, we praise you for the Arsario family, their precious boys, how they're committing them to you in their early years. We thank you for them. Lord, we have a prayer request for the Mayflower staff and the frontline workers that we will remain steadfast and that you will give us your divine strength for the task at hand. Lord, we lift up Greg Rosema. Tomorrow morning we'll be having a double spinal fusion. Oh, Lord, we pray that you guide those doctor's hands. We pray for peace and healing and comfort as Greg undergoes a pretty substantial surgery. Lord, we praise you that Kevin Fry, our dear friend from Eden Ministries, is home from the hospital. But, Lord, we acknowledge he is still on oxygen. So we continue to pray for your healing hand over his body, his lungs. We pray for your encouragement for him in this time of struggle. We thank you for the work they do in Doma, Zimbabwe, and we are so grateful we get to be a part of it. And, Lord, yesterday an eighth grader from our community named Grace Taylor had a bike accident. She was rushed for an emergency surgery, and she pulled through, but it was very scary. So, Lord, we pray for your hand of healing on Grace. We pray for Jay and Sarah, her parents, who have been so terribly frightened. We pray, pray, Lord, that this accident brings our whole family closer to you. And may we, as their church family, surround them with love and encouragement and peace. We thank you for Grace's life, and we thank you, that it has been sustained. We thank you for this miracle. And again, we lift up the Taylor family. We know there are many others, Lord, who carry secret joys and profound pain this morning. So please be with them. May your Holy Spirit bring illumination in the darkness, comfort in the sadness, and grace and mercy to those who desperately need them. We pray this morning for the divine and Holy Spirit, to fall afresh on us. And now, Lord, we join our hearts and our voices as we pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
4: remember that Pastor Ruth will be here at the front after the postlude for anyone who would like prayer. So as we have looked up in worship, let us go forth as a people of the word, a people bound together in love and caring for one another. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord give you his peace. Amen and amen.